Mm. Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. We back in business. You know what it is, man. We back like we never left. I got my co-host, Water. Co-host of the goddamn lifetime. This the co-host of your lifetime right here, man. Water. I want everybody that watches my podcast. If you follow me, if you keep up with me, if you care about my life, I want you to care about yourselves and drink more water on the day-to-day. I want you drinking all the water. Drink it all up, man. Get in on it. Cherish it. Hold it. Caress it. Make water drinking a priority in your goddamn life. That's what I want from y'all. That's what that's what I want from y'all. I want y'all drinking water like your life depends on it. This is what I want. Now, nah, Shannon, Shannon talking about I'm out. Now, nah, you in here. Get your water together. Whenever you see me pop up and do the podcast, I want you grabbing your waters. That's what I want. I want you grabbing your waters, man. I want everybody drinking more water, man. It's going to help your skin. It's going to help your internal organs. It's going to help everything, your blood flow, all that good stuff, man. It's going to filter you out, man. Ease up on the coffees and the sugary drinks and the beverages and the energy drinks and all the other horse shit you be drinking on a regular basis and pushing water to the side or saying, like, I'm going to get the water from these other drinks. No, you're not. Just get the water straight up. Hydrate, man. Get that water in your life, man. We got a mirror on the ones and twos. We got the patron saints right here in the Chatsworth. Shout out to Mikey McZochi, Cody, uh, Kobe McGuire, Miss Josie, Candy Cammy, Latoya, Jay Finesse, um, El Melio Music Group, Geraldine, Persnickety Goddess, um, Latoya Larkin, Granny 530, Rex Bennett, uh, My Unique Green. Um, that's a new name. I don't think I've seen that name before. Sharon McBee, uh, Styler, Keisha Clark, Henry Elam. Are you related to, uh, are you related to Guru, Henry Elam? Because Guru's last name is Elam. Are you from Boston? Where you from? Um, DJ Hizzle, Keisha Lewis, DJ's Travels. Erica, uh, uh, Erica Mitchell, uh, KD10, 10 I see, Ernest Doyle, Nana P, uh, Tori Ray, Tony Ant, KC, Damon Stevens, uh, Chase Ali, 2 Jesse, Brian Austin. Um, shout out to y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Tanya G, Kristen R. Um, Tanisha Turner, man, I appreciate my patrons saying. You see the shout outs again, IG Live. You see those shout outs? You see those shout outs? You know what I'm saying? Zay Nova, Shoe Game Shan, Randomly CJ, Byron, Coco Puff. You see the shout outs? It's that special treatment I've been talking about, man. It's the special treatment that the patron saints receive. We in here deep, man. We filling up. The room is filling up, man. Shout out to the patron saints. Now, uh, let's get right to it, man. So, apparently, Keefe D 
who got arrested in connection to the murder of Tupac Shakur. I, I just saw a post on Willie D's page that said, you know, he was saying that Diddy paid a million dollars for the hit. That's wild business. That's wild business. Now, I I don't believe everything Keefe D be saying, but what if, what if, what if? That's a hell of an accusation. That's a hell of an accusation, man, that he he paid a million dollars for the hit on Pac. Allegedly, alleged, this is all alleged. I, in my heart of hearts, now mind you, I don't know, I don't know Diddy, I don't know anybody involved. Matter of fact, I was fresh out of high school when Tupac was murdered. I was fresh out. I was fresh out of high school. I think I was working at either McDonald's then or Dairy Queen. This was 96. I was working at Dairy Queen when he passed. I remember exactly where I was standing when I found out he died. I was in the hallway at my mom's house. And she was like, Tupac, Tupac died. And I was like, what? Because when Tupac got shot, I thought he was going to pull through. He'd been shot before. I was like, Tupac going to survive. He gonna, he gonna beat this and he gonna come out with a fiery album. He gonna be pissed. That's a, And when I see interviews about people with people that knew Pac personally, they would say the same thing. They would like, yo, Pac has been here before. He gonna be pissed off. He gonna pull through. And then, you know, we gonna get some more, you know, music and headlines from this. But he didn't make it. So we was just like, damn. Now in my heart of hearts, I don't feel like Diddy was in on this. Now, mind you, I don't, I, don't, I don't know Sean Combs. He could be, he could be the ultimate villain mastermind to be like, yo, a million dollars for the hit. He could eat. He was sending people to get cheesecake. I don't know what he's capable of. I don't know this man personally, but you know. And, but I, when I hear it, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. To be like, yo, man, I'm going to give you a million dollars to take Pac out. And what makes it tough is the altercation earlier in the night in Vegas. That's what makes it. That's, now, see, if, if Tupac was to get hit and there was no, there was no stomp out at the casino, then I would be like, man, he just got shot out of nowhere. But since, you know, we, we saw the stomp out, it's going to be some retaliation on the stomp out, man. When you stomp somebody out, you got to watch your back henceforth. Henceforth. When you stomp a man out on the thuggery tip, straight thug life, stomping somebody out with, with criminal gang connections. Anything's possible on that. After that, you got to watch your back, man. The stomp out? Revenge is on the menu when you get stomped out. Revenge? That comes with the that comes with the meal. Revenge is it comes that's the gratuity that's already factored in. Oh, you you 
You stomped me out. Revenge. Just 20% already included in the goddamn bill. Like a fair one, a fair one. Somebody could want some revenge, but they could be like, you know what? It was a fair one. You know, you got you got me. You got me. But a stomp out, man, that's that's when shit is unfair. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Me personally, I feel like Keefe D just saying stuff at that point. I think he just saying stuff. Like, yeah, 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 well, yeah. You know, just to, just to say something. But in my heart of heart, the way I feel, I don't see it. I, I really don't. I really don't see Diddy being like, I'm going to give you a cool million dollars to take out Tupac Shakur. Because come on, man. Bad Boy was super successful at this time. Bad Boy was killing. In 96, Bad Boy was, it wasn't like the beef with Pac was hurting Bad Boy. I can see if it was a situation where it was like, you know, ever since we had this beef with Pac, man, the sales have plummeted. That wasn't the case at all with Bad Boy. Bad Boy was thriving in 96. Biggie was selling like hotcakes. Everything they was putting out on the R&B tip was moving. Uh, you know, total faith. Everybody was doing numbers. And Bad, Bad Boy was cracking. So why in the, in, the, in the midst, in the heat of cracking, why would you be like, I'm going to give you a cool million dollars to take out two bucks, you cool. Don't say nothing. Don't tell nobody nothing. A cool million. Why would you do that? Your record label wasn't even hurting. So it, it, don't, it don't really make no sense. Because they was in mid-thrive. And I get it. You could be like, as a man, he, he dissed us on Hit Him Up. But even, even, even in the midst of Hit Him Up, it wasn't like Bad Boy was taking a hit. Yeah, I mean, sure, you know, sales could be affected by the East Coast, West Coast thing. Okay. Maybe in L.A. they're not moving units like they could have if it wasn't for the beef, right? But they were still doing numbers. Because, you know, it was mad. It was mad. I'm sure it was mad New York people that was mad at Pac, but still bought All Eyes on Me. When All Eyes on Me comes out and it sells over 500,000 copies opening week, that's more than just the West Coast buying it. That's like, yo, man, we got to get in on this Pac album. So it, it was just, and, and, and the beef was fueling the sales, all of it. It was just fueling it. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm buying Diddy paying off for the hit. I don't know if I'm really buying this. But hey, man, alleged, uh, allegedly. IG Live. The patron saints want me to cut the camera off. They want me to cut the camera off. So if you are in my IG Live right now watching this, thank you for the badge, uh, S. Holiday. They want me to cut the camera off. They sick of y'all in here freeloading. That's, that's what they saying. They, they sick of y'all in here freeloading. Y'all don't want to take the time to take it to the next level with me. Y'all don't want to become a patron saint. Y'all don't want to rise to the challenge. Y'all don't want to step up and be, and be a part of this. 
they not feeling it because they over here, they already, they already made the dedications. They in here. We fam. So they like, man, cut the camera off. They being cheap. And so I got to cut the camera off and we're going to, we're going to continue talking about what we was talking about, but you know, you say, am I going to take my shirt off for the paying customers? I mean, if the paying customers want my shirt off, why not? If if they want my shirt off. But I don't think the patron saints look at me like that. So, you know, my shirt is probably going to be on. But anyway, so I'm cutting the camera off. Here we go. Join the Patreon if you want to continue this. Click the link in my bio. Click the Patreon tab. Join up, man. I challenge you right here, right now. Let me see. Before I cut y'all off, let me see if somebody rose to the challenge while we in here. Nope. Nope. It's dry as hell. Ain't no, ain't none of y'all, ain't none of y'all pull up and join the Patreon while I'm sitting here. So, yeah, I'm definitely cutting the camera off. Because normally, normally, you know, about probably about six or seven people join the day of, but not today. So here we go. Boom. Okay. All right. All right. Only the real ones remain. Only the real ones remain. Um, but yeah, that's crazy though. This Tupac thing, man, it's wild business. And like I was saying, like, um, Bad Boy was doing numbers, though. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Persnickety Goddess. She says, what's something new you've learned recently? Two, what are you grateful for today? Three, what's your favorite kind of weather? Four, what's the best kept secret about where you grew up? Okay, first question. What's something new you've learned recently? I learned... Oh, it was something I, I just learned. Damn. It was something that blew my head off. But I can't remember what it was. I was just like, yo, for real? Oh. What the hell was it? I'm so pissed, man, because it, it was something I was just like, yo, such and such. Because I remember telling somebody, I was like, yo, I never knew that this, 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 and this. But I can't think of what it was. Oh, for one, Shannon. Shannon just chimed in. So, let me tell me if y'all knew this. So, apparently, the string cheese is supposed to be eaten where you take the strings off the individual string piece when you eat string cheese. You know how when you get you get a box of uh, string cheese and they have the strings individually wrapped within the within the package, right? So you could take a string cheese, you can pack it with your lunch, you 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 open that, you seal that up and the the cheese itself, you can take off strings from the string. I didn't know this. When I ate string cheese, I just ate it whole. It was just like, yeah. That was it. I didn't know I was supposed to be stringing the string. I never knew you were supposed to be stringing the string. I, I, ne- I never knew. I never knew. Did you know that, Amir? Was you stringing the string? 
I never ate it, but yes, I did know you you like peel it and pull it down. <laughs> How did everybody know this but me? I thought it was already strung. That's like you said you was just biting into it. Yeah, I was like just somebody the... biting into the Kit Kat when they're supposed to break the piece off. Like they just chomp into it. <laughs> but at least at least the Kit Kat is like they they tell you in the commercial, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. And they cracking it and yeah, I guess there ain't no commercials for string cheese. And for me, like with the Kit Kat bar, you got four, you got four bars. And they look like, yo, break us off, the way they shaped. Because you got the bar, and then you got the dips, and mm. then you just break them off. So it looks like break. So I thought that the string cheese was already broken off in their own separate bars, and that was the string. But I had no clue. I was supposed to be stringing the individual string. Now, now I want some string cheese just to see if I can do it. That blew my head off. I was just like, wait, what? This whole time? You learn something new every day. I was 46 years old when I found out I was supposed to be stringing the string cheese. Y'all withheld that information my whole life. You didn't tell me a goddamn thing. And I I, I judge y'all for this. This is y'all fault. This is on y'all. Speaking of, speaking of eating string cheese and like food, and, you know. Um, I want to talk about factor, all right? Let's get into factor. Um, factor, you know, we, with the busy fall season already in, in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Uh, so, you know, you're too busy in the fall to cook, right? Everybody running around scrambling, but you want to make sure you're eating well. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up, too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need factor is fresh never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes so all you have to do is heat and enjoy then go back to crushing your goals you can adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step you can choose from 35 plus weekly flavor packed fresh never frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences all ready to eat within two minutes you can relish the best autumn with fall flavors, uh, our limited time only hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry, pecan, chicken, and apple Dijon pork chops. Ready in just two minutes, they'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. And you can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Uh, treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. And if you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required on those. Um, and if you're looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season, try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around less than 550 calories per serving. That's what I'll be on. Like when I do factor, um, I try to do the 550 or less, maybe 600 or less. 
Um, I had a factor meal. It was like some tofu and like rice. It was fire. And it was so easy, man. You just throw it in that oven. Not the oven. The microwave. I prefer heating stuff up in the oven. But, you know, the microwave be clutch uh, for stuff like this. And it felt fresh. I didn't feel heavy after. I didn't feel like, you know, sometimes when you be eating stuff, you be like, I feel good after this meal, man. I was like, man, this is a good time. And I love knowing the amount of calories I'm taking in. Right then and there, it's already it's already proportioned up to where I ain't got to do my own math. That's where you mess up. When you're counting calories and you do the math in your head, that's when you start fudging the numbers. You'd be like, oh, this is only this is only 300 calories. But but that's 300 per serving. You had multiple servings. So now, you know, you're looking at 900. Now you're looking at 900. So I like factor for that, man. It's already got everything mapped out for you. And if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn, try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. You can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. You can choose from breakfast items like a delicious apple cinnamon pancakes. I've been craving pancakes lately. Bacon and cheddar egg bites and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices. So this October... Get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash verbal50 and use the code verbal50 to get 50% off. That's the code verbal50 at factormeals.com slash verbal50 to get your 50% off. That's half off. Half. Half all is always a good time. I don't care what you're buying. When you pay half, half is a good time. So get in on that, man. Uh, to go back to the other questions, though, uh, what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for health. Um, I'm grateful to, to feel healthy. As far as I know, I'm, I'm in a good space on the health tip. Um, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to have a support system. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head, a vehicle. Um, I'm grateful that I'm able to go to the gym and work out. I'm grateful that I can walk five miles a day. I'm grateful that I can ride a bike for 30 minutes a day. I'm grateful that I have clothes to put on, clothes to choose from. I'm grateful that I got high water, soap. You know, I can clean myself. I'm grateful that I got a bed to sleep in. It's warm. I can get, I'm grateful for my AC. I'm grateful for the cast. I'm grateful for my family and friends. I'm grateful to be here. Um, so mad gratitude. Um, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful to feel loved. I'm grateful to feel appreciated. I'm grateful to feel... Um, I'm grateful that I can make people laugh. I'm grateful that I can make people feel better, um, provide entertainment for people. I'm glad. I, I'm grateful to be sought after. I'm grateful to be, um, you know, I'm grateful that you know, 
Some people find me appealing in whatever way that is, whether it be comedy, whether it be as a human being, whether it be <laughs> lustful, all that. I'm grateful for it all. Um, so, yeah, mad gratitude over here. Big gratitude. Um, what kind of weather? What's my favorite kind of weather? Fall, overcast. 70-something degrees, overcast, nice little cool breeze going that that's prime real estate weather for your boy man 70 some degrees overcast everything is clear visually mm. Mm -mm. that's prime real estate don't get me wrong i like a sunny day every now and then but i don't be i don't be needing sometimes the sun be doing too much but that overcast when it's an overcast day and i'm walking my five miles that's prime satisfaction for me internally. Fall is my favorite season of the year. And so if I can get those fall visuals, oh, my whole spirit is just lifted. I don't know what it is, man. Seeing the leaves and just, you know, because the sun could, the sun is a bit much. It be beaming. It be looking. It just be looking. It's be weighing me down it'd be like right here and then i feel like the bugs are extra annoying when the sun is out but when that overcast everything is smooth i can look up in the sky with none, with none of this no squints i can just look straight up and take it i'll be like oh man everything everything just feels right it feels cozy it feels good yeah that's that's prime real estate for me that that kind of weather right there, prime real estate. Um, and what's the best kept secret about where you grew up? The best kept secret about Chicago. Well, there's no secret that Chicago has amazing food. But one of the best kept secrets about Chicago is the sense of blackness in Chicago is is a is a kept secret, I feel like. I feel like the amount of the amount of black pride that was instilled in us growing up in Chicago is something that um, I didn't overlook. I overlooked it then, but like when I moved away, I was like, yo, they were really instilling in us uh, black pride growing up. Um, they made sure, they made sure we knew our, our, our black, you know, figures in history. They made sure we knew our history, our culture, where we came from, the people that have paved the way, the people who stood out, the people who were fought and suffered, and all, they made sure we knew this as kids growing up. It was part, it was literally crucial that we learned this. It was crucial that we 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 wrote papers on, you know, African American, you know, historical figures that we needed to know about. They made sure we had to do this stuff. Had to. It wasn't, it wasn't no little paragraph or it wasn't like a week of coverage for us. It was like full-time, know your black history. We want these papers done. You got to do 10 papers on 10 different people if you want to pass this class like that. So, you know, so the best kept secret for me was Chicago instilled that in us. To where we growing up in a black environment. Chicago's already a segregated city, so blackness is what that's what we knew. That's what we were. That's, that's who we were around. They were our teachers. They were our friends. They were, they were, this was our world. And so 
growing up like that in Chicago, it was just like, yo, I'm black. We've we've done amazing things in this country throughout time. We are valued, you know, we look dope. Some of us are raggedy, some of us are super dope. So learning all of this growing up in that, it was like, I feel like that's the best kept secret in Chicago is that you you gonna know. I don't know how they do it now, but in my time growing up in Chicago, black pride, for sure, 100%. 100%. And I feel like I feel like that that element of Chicago gets overshadowed by the crime, the 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 murder rate, the gang violence. And they overlook the dopeness of Chicago which is instilling in us a sense of black pr- pride, community, strength and just uh, you know, success on that tip. So yeah, that's the best kept secret in Chicago in my opinion. And the food is fire. And it's a lot of black people in Chicago. It's less now because people are like, people are like leaving Chicago. But back back then, man, mad black people in Chicago. So it was like, to me, I was just like, yo, it's black people everywhere. That's that's how I grew up. I was raising that. And I was like, yo, it's black people everywhere where I live. They all over the place. And then once you start traveling, you're like, oh, we wasn't everywhere. I mean, we we sprinkled in, but to me growing up there, I was like, yo, we out here, we everywhere. Like, yeah, like, like Juanita said, I lived in Chicago until I was eight. Never saw a white person in person until I moved to the South. That's how, It was like I had to travel. I had to put miles in to see white people. Like I had to get on the bus or the L to even just see white people. Of course, I had like a couple of white teachers. I had like two white teachers from from kindergarten, let's say kindergarten. We'll do kindergarten to eighth grade. I had the, the bell ringer. What's her name? So I had three white teachers that I remember growing up in Chicago. And those are the only whites I would see. I was just like, yo, you know, I, I didn't see my grandmother that much. My grandmother was white, but I didn't see her because she lived in Michigan. So we had to travel to get to the whites. And then it was like once we was up north, up north is what we called it, downtown. That's when it was like, oh, shit, white people. They out here. It's crazy. So, yeah, that's the kind of environment I grew up in. And that's why, you know, I'm I'm just comfortable in black spaces. You know, I'm comfortable, super comfortable in black spaces. Because that's, that was my upbringing. So, yes, indeed. Um, Monique A. asks, if someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? Um... You know whose voice I like? Uh, Mahershala Ali. I like his voice. Um, I think he would have a great narration voice because it's like a deepness to it. And I feel like, because Morgan Freeman, you know what I'm saying? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is the easy answer, but I'm trying to go off the Morgan Freeman. So I would think like Mahershala 
uh, Ali because it's got like a deepness to it. I think it'd be real dope on the narration. You say, did I change my voice for this question? I don't know. Maybe I went into narration mode. Let me narrate my own my own joint. That's me. Yep, that's me. Tony Baker, man, I was five years old. You know how they do in, in the black movies. Yep, that's me. Or that's me. <laughs> so let me uh let me narrate my own shit. How about that? But again, I'm gonna go with Mahershala. That's who I'm going with. Tom Hardy is a good narrator. What did what did he narrate? Shan said, let me let me narrate that joint. <laughs> you want T Pain to narrate me? <laughs> James Earl Jones, Keith David, Lawrence Fisherman. These are all the easy answers, though. Yo, these are the go-to narrators. Try to give y'all, I'm trying to give y'all something else. Try to give y'all something else, man. Uh oh, it was some, it was a couple of things I wanted to touch on. So, um, So the thing, so the thing with Drake and Joe Budden, right? Drake just put out an album. And you know, every time Drake drop an album, it's gonna be in discussion. So Joe Budden has some criticisms about the album and about how, you know, Drake is pretty much, you know, catering to a certain style that, you know, he's a grown man now. He should be talking about grown man stuff. And like he's he's catering to the to the culture of now rather than just being a true. Now the thing about Joe Budden and Drake is they have a history. And Drake fired back on Joe Budden. Now here's the thing: a lot of people are like, well, I don't think Joe said anything wrong, you know. And he didn't. Technically, Joe Budden didn't say anything wrong. This is what he does on his platform. He critiques, you know, hip hop artists all the time. This is this is this is what he does. So, but, but the, but there's baggage attached to Joe Budden. So, you know, he's, he's hated on Drake in the past. He's, he's dished Drake in the past. So it's not like, it's not like Drake would look at what Joe Budden is saying and being like, oh, all right. Well, you know, that's his opinion. No, there's, there's baggage attached. So Drake is like, man, I'm sick of this dude. He always got something to say. He always talking shit. So it's like when Drake fired back off with the long, with the long, <laughs> with the long IG comment, it was just like, damn, man, you looking at somebody that failed. He tried music, he failed at it, now he's doing something else. And he was fed up. And I can't be mad at Drake for being fed up considering the source. Now, if he just went off on somebody that just had a podcast and they gave their honest take on Drake's music, then I've been like, man, chill, man. You know, you put the art out there, people are going to review it. But he had time, and it was just like, and I get it because he was probably just tired of Joe Budden talking shit. And it was, it was, it was a funny read too. And it was just like, but Joe Budden was kind of fair in his assessment, though, in terms of in terms of what he was saying. Now he could have ulterior motives of like, I don't really fuck with Drake on the back burner because of his history. But the stuff he's saying is like, he, he kind of right though. Cause it's like, 
when you a grown man, I like grown man rap because I'm grown. I'm in a certain space now. I'm 46 years old. I need grown man rap. That's why I like Nas so much, man. Nas just be talking about grown man shit. You know, Life is Good album, he was talking about divorce, navigating the divorce, you know, just being a grown man, being worried about raising a daughter, you know, just grown man shit, telling stories. Like even in the in the latest Magic album, he's telling stories about a girl he was seeing, and then in in one of the the pictures that she posted on Instagram, he saw a dude in that picture that was connected to another dude that ended up committing suicide. So he was like, "Yo, how do you know? How do you know this dude?" And she was like, "No, nah, but how do you know him?" So it was like, "Yo, that's compelling content. Like, like that's grown. Like you know, dating a younger girl, she out here, but then you see the girl with a dude that might be connected to the dude that." you know, took his life. So you got questions. I'm like, yo, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like little brother always had grown man rap. Just like you're grown. So I want to hear the grown man raps, man. I want to hear him. I need more than just fly shit. Yeah. Yeah. You get money. You fly. The ladies is on you. But what else? What else we what else we talking about? Give me the grown man relatability, man. Those struggles. Your back randomly hurting when you wake up. Give me that. Your knees popping. You know what I'm saying? The equipment might not be working 100% sometimes when you with these young women. Give give me some real. Give me something I can feel. And so you know, when I listen, when I listened to, you know, the Drake album, it was boring. I was bored. I was just like, all right, what are we talking about? We still, we still on, we still having problems with women. You coming for Rihanna? Was he coming for Rihanna? Yeah. Come on, man. It's pretty blatant. I even listened to the album. I just seen what's been going on. I'm he like, kept he's saying anti. How you gonna say that? And you like in twenty. 12 y'all wasn't throwing bottles in the club like that's noted history now you ain't get up on the stage when she was getting her award and talking about how you have been a fan of her oh, your man. whole life but that, also on certified lover boy had a song called fucking fans and you was talking about how you fumbled rihanna like that's crazy to me they gonna get on for all the dogs and say her the sex was trash right. okay all right we believe you why is he still holding on to this she done moved on she got two babies now she out here getting money, ain't even putting out no music. She ain't been talking shit. Why you? Why you doing it? Why? 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 Rihanna minding her own business. Rihanna is one of the poster people of minding one's own business. She out here being rich and having kids. Leave her alone, man. Hush. That was a long time ago. That was like seven years ago at least. That was mad long ago. He's he's extremely bitter. And it's just like, yo, man. And that, that leads to uninspiring music. It does. I'm watching Drake have a spiral similar to Kanye, just in a different vein. Oh he's going snap. down a he's going down a path of He's he's spiraling in a way where he can't seem to control how he lashes out. 
So mm-hmm. his his anger, his hate, all of these things are building up. They kind of turned him from like the corny guy that people point at and make fun of. I was, right. I was hated because they didn't like what I was doing. It was great. Yeah. Now that I'm doing all this stuff, I'm too big. I'm too this. I'm too that to fall. Y'all can't touch me. And these women, they not on me like how I want them to be. Everybody that I dated then left or whatever. Mm. I'm angry. I'm upset. And he's spiraling in that way. Somebody say something about his project. Then it's like, man, you don't know. You can't talk about what I'm talking about. You're not on the same level. You failed. When Joe Budden is actually a fan of Drake. With all the beef that they've had, yeah. he's still a fan of him. He just wants, he's being critical of him because everybody else that's in the game would want Drake to kind of step it up a little bit. Like, come right. on, dog, like, let's do something different. Yeah. And I feel like most people who are fans of him would feel the same way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we cool with the catchiness and the songs. We know you're going to give us a hit. Right. You're a great songwriter. We get that. Right. We just want you to step it up. Give us something else to talk about. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be necessarily grown rap. It's just that have you grown as a person because it's not sounding like it when we listen to your music. Right. You know, it sounds like you're scared. What's he scared we, of? It's just like to to be to just do something different. And then when he did do something, that, like honestly, yeah. never mind, right? Yeah. You could tell it wasn't a full effort. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I just did this. It it like we know you're bored with music, so stop making music. Yeah. I think that's the other thing about it. Like we can tell that you're bored. The music comes off as uninspired it's bored, and bored. Dog. So go take a break from life or music and just yeah. relax. Like you've been dropping projects every year since. 2015 at least like and he don't have to and that's what i'm saying he doesn't have to but he will do that yeah and it's like man he like i said it feels like he's he's getting to that point where like the past couple albums he's he's more of an angry kind of thing i don't have a problem if he's beefing with guys but coming at women is just ridiculous like that's your fan base that's the that's the big base like you gonna just come on there and just be straight and misogyny the whole the whole thing. And it's not even like it's just broad misogyny. It's like, no, right. I'm attacking specific people. Right. Like, nah, man. And to you got to draw Rihanna a line. Specifically, that's not going to go well because the women going to be like, they're going to be pissed. Yeah. Because Rihanna is minding her own business, literally. Yeah. He came at Serena on the last album. Like, come on. Like, just just stop. Yeah. Like, really. When he going at the guys and stuff like that, this and pushing and diddy yeah. and stuff like all right i'm engaging that. That. i'm with cool. that like let's do that like yeah. you know whatever y'all go back and forth it's entertainment we get it mm-hmm. nobody gotta die it ain't that deep just trade bars with each other and let it be what it is but you come right. in that woman that don't even rap per se that ain't never said nothing bad about you because right. none of these women have ever said anything bad about them right but here you come nah man like that to me that was like i i it's like i listen to the music but i'm not out here blatantly being like i'm a fan like i, I can't be a fan of this yeah it's getting it's getting to that point where I had to separate and be like, look, man, like I'm about to stop tapping in, like seriously. Yeah, you know, because it, it I, I ran it through. I still haven't run it complete. I'm like, I always get to like eleven or twelve, and then I gotta I gotta take the album off because I'm just bored. It's twenty. It's too many tracks. tracks. Man, it's too many tracks. I want people to stop making twenty some out twenty some song albums. They're doing it for the streams and and all of that, and it's just it's annoying. It's like. That's, the industry needs a reset. That's so many tracks. Too many tracks. You're bound. You're bound to take the L if you got twenty some tracks. You are bound to get hit with eight skips. Yeah, but then in that number is like fifteen for twenty three. Like it's volume yeah. shooting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the last shooting. one you had twenty tracks, and the one before that you had twenty tracks, and the one before like it's too long. I was like, man, get me out of here. Or at least, or at least make them short songs. Like, I brought her up last last episode. I'm bringing it up again because SZA pulled off a rare feat to have an album that good that long. 
Mm-hmm. It's like 24 tracks on there. And to have it, but it, it feels fast. It feels like we go through the album fast and it's just like, man. Because I, I realized I was listening to her album again recently before I went to the concert. And I was just like, yo, these songs, these songs were catchy to me fast. Like when the, when the album first came out, we had it in rotation, and so it was like when I when I play it back, I'm like, yo, I know, I know all of these songs this deep into the album. Like yeah. we on we on track fourteen, and I'm still singing along, and it's just like. Also, there was a you know a five year gap where SZA didn't put out music. She did. That's the her Kendrick, TDE like they kind of run like anybody in that thing. They kind of run it differently. Like they're not trying to flood. They're trying to right. give themselves some time to. They live you know, in life. Yeah. In to go into it. And I feel like that that's is important. what makes sense. You have to give yourself some time to experience things. But Drake has been I literally I think he's put out a project every 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 year since twenty. You gotta live life, dog. Yeah. You're not Prince. You ain't got to be just now Prince is a musician, so he's gonna change everything. Yeah. But like Drake is like, yo, live life. Like with Kendrick, Kendrick is never boring to me lyrically. Yeah. It's always it's always something. I'm going into Kendrick. I'm like, yo, man, what, what's he talking about? I'm compelled. I'm I'm listening. I'm digging in. I'm like, I'm I'm invested in what he's talking about. The lyricism. He's going, he's going all over the place. He's introspective. He's talking about you know what he's dealing with, the battles and stuff. So it's just like, yo, I'm really mm-hmm. tuned in. It's not boring. Even if I might not particularly like the song, or I might not come back to it. It's still like it's something about it. It's something about it to where I'm just I'm I'm dialed in. Yeah, because I know he ain't just gonna be out here with the fluff lyrics. Yeah, and so when I do listen to Kendrick and Mr. Morale and the, and the Steppers, I'm invested. I'm just like, all right, oh okay, shit, yeah. Even though even though to me that's not his best album, but it's like an album I can feel and respect regardless because, you know, the 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 lyric nothing was boring mm-hmm. with that album. So. With Drake is just like he has his moments. When he dropped that, what was it, eight AM in Charlotte? I was like, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Over a conductor Williams beat, I was like, oh, even more. Like that's just crazy. And he just rapped the whole time. Yeah, like yes, bro, right. yes. Now I know he's not gonna give us an album with all of that, and we don't. We're not really asking you to do that. I but want we him want to give us the album with all of that. I'm asking. I would like. I would I, like to I see. Would, it. I, I would like. like I would a hundred percent like to see it. But I know that's yeah. not like his. Yeah. It's never been his thing. Right. So I, you know, I let him do his variations, but in the smaller packets when he's more focused. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We've been yep. seeing, like, we've just been seeing Angry Drake ever since the whole ghostwriting thing. Because If You Reading This Is Too Late was really good, and he rapped more on that. And everything ever since then has been an angry, I got to address this, I got to do this, I adjusted this, and this and that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, every album he's had to address somebody since then. Yeah. So it's like, you got to, you know, man, you got you to gotta do something else. That J. Cole verse is fire, though. I've heard. I, I literally haven't listened to the album. Like, that J. Cole. J. Cole, man. He is the feature king right now. Right in the current landscape, he's the feature king. Like when J. Cole pull up on the feature, man, get, get your feet together. Because <laughs> he about to bring it. <laughs> and so, you know, he... I also think that's the other part of it too. Like mm. I've, I hear people talking about, I haven't listened to the song, but I hear people talking about the feature and it's like Drake, it's, you could tell Drake wasn't trying to go with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like actually go with people. When he gets people on the song, he don't really try to 
take it there. Yeah. It seems like like he kind of get lazy when they people on the song. Mm. And I'd be like, yeah, that's not what he should do anyway. Yeah. It's very rare you see him do that. Like what he did with the, the Jack Harlow thing last year. And uh-huh. I was like, that was a showcase of showing where somebody that is inspired by him is and where he is. The the yeah. gap is huge. Yeah. But when he gets on songs with other people, he'd be like, man, I'm just having fun. Like, mm. you should take it there. But like, if both of y'all take it there, that just makes the song even better. Like, Jodeci Freestyle, that was the last time I think J. Cole and Drake did a song together. Yeah. And they was just on there trading bar. Like, Drake goes crazy, then has a little break, and then he goes crazy again, and J. Cole go, goes crazy. Like, yeah. that's what we want to see. Right. Like, everybody at the same level. Step up to the level of uh, your feature, man. Step up to the level. Cause J. Cole going, he ain't gonna phone it in. No. On the feature. <laughs> so it's like, all right, let me let me let me get in here and get my feet together. Yeah. Um I wanted to speak on this too. Uh so, so Sexy Red had a sex video drop. You know, apparently it was it was put on her story on Instagram or whatever. So, so there's a sexy red sex tape that was accidentally posted. I don't know how you accidentally post something like that. Don't think it was her. On oh, you think somebody else did it? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't see her accidentally. Yeah, posting that on her IG. That's not yeah. And she tweeted saying, "I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do something like that." Right. I'm like, I'm heartbroken about it. Now, I know a lot of people think because she is outwardly, you know, sexual with her persona and stuff like that, that she would do something like that. It was right. up her alley. And I don't, you know, I don't believe in that kind of stuff Me because neither. that that doesn't really make sense. Like, what kind of gain do you get by posting something like that on Instagram, a platform known to go against, even if you had a little nipple showing? Yeah. Like, they're going to shut you down. Her page got exactly. banned, like, instantly. Yeah. So she had to get it back up. I yep. think that might have been some revenge stuff because a dude had posted something a couple weeks ago mm. of her like in the bed, like them in the bed together or something like yeah. that, like being messy, essentially. And I was like, and the, the point of view of the video is from the guy's point of view. So right. that's what makes me be like, I don't think it was her. Yeah. I was like, before y'all go and judge her, be like, ah, oh, you this and that, you did that, blah, like. I saw the video, it's POV from him. Yeah, it's his point of view. So it's like. And it's all her. All her. He, You see his penis and his hand, but that's it. So he's protected in the video. So it's just like, dog, oh, man. What would you got to be a super trash individual to to put a woman out there like that? Big trash. And her her posting the video wouldn't even make sense because she's already buzzing. Yeah. So a sex tape didn't even need it. And that that doesn't necessarily go positive for people like no. you think. Like that worked for Kim. That don't work for everybody it else. It don't. It, it really doesn't. That's it what she. Kim, Kim K is an anomaly that, when it comes that, to that. That's a rarity, man. Don't nobody want to see these sex tapes, especially if you if you using it to blow up your career. No. But I saw the video. I was just like, oh snap! This is that sucks, man. So you gotta be careful, y'all. I know we, I know we be getting freaky out here. We be getting caught up in the moment, and we be like, "Yo, let's record it." But you, you gotta really trust, yeah, who you doing these 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 sexy videos. You got the the trust got to be no question, no question. You got to know the integrity of the person. If you're gonna be doing that, and I don't want to judge what people are into, because you know it might be exciting to to watch the playback. That's fine. But you got to really trust 
who you doing this stuff with? You got to know that they got integrity underneath whatever whatever beef y'all may have. You got to know that, all right, if we break up, if this shit goes bad, I know that this person is not that type of person to put me out there like that. You got to you got to you got to know that 100% without a shadow of a doubt that they would never before you can whip out any camera, you got to know or or if you if you don't feel like you know them that way, at least let it be somebody that has something to lose as well to where you can be like, all right, well shit. They got something to lose as well. Yeah, or NDAs, which I know are very popular. Man, but she might not even be thinking on that. You know, she really just blowing up into fame like in the past years. Yeah, so this that might not new. be something that, you know. This is brand new. So it's just like you got to be careful, man. This sucks, man. To be put out there like that. Regardless regardless of her content and the music she puts out, regardless, man, there ain't no excuse for her to be put out there like that. Trash. Big trash. If you a dude out here and you exposing these women you're having sex with because you got the video, man, you a piece of shit, dog. Piece of shit. All day. Tough. Um, One thing I wanted to say this about women that I've noticed. Y'all don't be roasting each other enough, man. <laughs> Ladies, man, because I, I hang out with a group of friends. I hang out with women and men. And when we together in the same spaces, y'all don't roast each other enough. Like when I be playing Call of Duty with my crew, it be men and women in my crew. It's men and women in there. We got Shan. We got Letta. We got Lena. You know what I'm saying? We got TC. We got Shift. We got Scott. We got myself. We got Corn Dog. So we we mixing and matching up in there. We be throwing each other on the grill. But the women don't be grilling each other enough, man. They always sticking together. And I just noticed that in general, even when I'm hanging with Angel and Melissa and Mel and like Kev and like Tahir. We tearing each other in half. All the time, man. B. Lou and Josh. Greg, but the women be sticking together. No, no, y'all always backing each other up, man. Roast each other. Sick of y'all, man. Throw each other on the grill as women in front of us, though. Don't be doing it on the on the girls only group chat. I want to see y'all roasting each other. I want to see what you're capable of as women on the roasting tip. Playful roast. I feel like y'all being soft and safe. When your homegirl fuck up, man, roast her up. Throw her on the grill. Y'all present a united front. That's what I'm talking about. I'm tired of the united front, man. Because us fellas, man, ain't no united front. We grilling. We grilling. We got the cigarettes going. We, We throwing each other on the grill. We adding pepper. We putting beer on it. We grilling each other up. Just multiple cigarettes. The the cookout shoes. Anybody can get it. But nah, man. Y'all be like, no. United front, y'all. No, nah. She doing her best. No, she ain't. She got one kill, 15 deaths. Throw her on the grill. 
That's all that's all I'm saying, ladies. I'm like, yo, roast each other. I want to see it. Cause we as men, we be roasting y'all. We be roasting y'all. We be roasting each other. We want the same energy, man. Ro- roast your girl up, man. Throw your sister on the grill, ladies. Throw your throw your homegirl on the grill. Don't talk about clown her. It's a good time, man. <laughs> I mean, of course, you got to know your audience. Some people are sensitive. You can't really roast them. You got to know who your targets are. But come on, man. Sick of y'all sticking together, man. United front. Titties unite. Titties unite. Tired of it. Y'all standing together nipple to nipple. Holding each other down, man. Roast each other up, man. Sick of y'all. I just had to get that off my nipples, man. I'm tired of it. Tired of it. Anyway, man, let's get back to the movie battle, the the, the movie face-offs. Black cinema. We still doing this. Black cinema. I've been doing this. I've been doing this on the episodic front, man. Let me get a disclaimer. I feel like black cinema was better in the 90s than it was in the 2000s. So now we're doing another year face-off. 1997 versus 2007. Let's measure up. Let's see what's going on out here. All right? So we got 1997. Here we go. Black cinema. Rosewood. Booty Call. Love Jones. The Sixth Man with Marlon Wayans and Kadeem Hardison. Baps. Sprung. Good Burger. Is Good Burger a black film? Got two black leads. It's mad Nickelodeon, but I don't know if it's a black film or not. Good Burger, I'm seeing a lot of no's, a couple yeses. Yep, yep, yes, absolutely. Uh, Booty Calling Rosewood, back to back. <laughs> totally different movies. Um, so we got we got Good Burger. How to be a player. This is not a black film, but I want to give it an honorable mention because the black lead in this film was so dope that I just wanted to throw it as an honorable mention. But it's it's not a black film, but he's so black in it. He's so black in this in this movie that I'm just like. Money Talks with Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. It's not a black film, but he's so black and wonderful in this movie that I don't know. I don't know. But technically, you got a white director, white writers, you know what I'm saying? Charlie Sheen, cast is. But I just wanted to mention Money Talks just because it's Money Talks. Uh, another asterisk. Hoodlum with Lawrence Fishburne 
Tim Roth, Andy Garcia. Hoodlum is about a black gangster, Bumpy Johnson, from the Prohibition era. Directed by Bill Duke, African-American director. Is Hoodlum a black film? Yes, black movie. We got Vanessa Williams in there. We got Chad McBride in there. No. Yes, Hoodlum is hella black and hella good. I like Hoodlum a lot. So we got Hoodlum in there. Soul Food, Eve's Bayou. I just want to say this. 1997 was potent as hell for black cinema. God damn, 97 was cracking. I didn't realize how cracking 97 was till I came and did this list. I was just like, damn, 97 was on and popping. Eve's Bayou, Soul Food to to close out the year? Soul Food and Eve's Bayou. We got Love Jones. We got Booty Call. We got Rosewood. Hoodlum. Okay, that's 97. That's 97. 2007. Y'all saying 97 won. You ain't even heard 2007 yet. Let, let 2007 get the paperwork in. 2007. Stomp the Yard. Norbit. Daddy's Little Girls. Pride. Are We Done Yet? Talk to me with Don Cheadle and Chua Taylor, Geo Four, and uh, Taraji P. Henson. Great movie. Why did I get married? The perfect holiday. Come on, man. <laughs> 2007 never stood a chance. 2007 ne- never stood a goddamn chance. This is not even close. This this is a landslide. This is just talk to me. In my in my personal opinion, talk to me is easily the best movie on this list. If you haven't seen Talk to Me, you really should. It's a dope movie. But other than that, man, landslide. Two thousand seven got smacked up in the lips and the mouth hard, hard slaps. Norbit, I didn't I didn't care for Norbit like that. Stomp the Yard was one of them dance joints that was, you know, I watch it one time and I'm good to go. Daddy's Little Girls. I remember watching that in theaters and just being pissed off at the writing because Tyler Perry has this thing where he he really makes his characters black or white in terms of just tone and nuance. It'd be like zero nuance. Tasha Smith's character was just evil in that movie. And I'm just like, why was she like this? Give me a glimpse into why she was like this. Give me a glimpse into what she may have once was or why she's doing the things that she's doing. It just be, it just be like they evil or they good and abused. That's it. Uh, Pride was a good film uh, about, you know, black swimmers. It had uh, Terrence, Terrence Howard in it. Bernie Mac was in that thing. 
Um, are we done yet? Forgettable. It was mad forgettable. Cash grab sequel. Why did I get married? I had a good time with Why Did I Get Married? I enjoyed Why Did I Get Married. Uh, I remember seeing that in theaters and being like, yo, this is probably the strongest Tyler Perry movie that I've seen. Um, and then The Perfect Holiday, I forgot about it as soon as as soon as the credits roll, I already forgot. As soon as the credits roll, I forgot. So yeah, 97 versus 2007. I'm giving the 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 easy win, the massive win to 1997. So yeah, there's that. Anyway, I appreciate y'all. Chatsworth, there's no this or that today, because you know, we already an hour and some change in. But we'll bring the this or that's back. Um, I want to thank the patron saints, the Chatsworth. I appreciate y'all for pulling up. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you for being a part of the show. Um, y'all are y'all are amazing. I love y'all. I care about y'all passionately in the shower. I care about your lives, your hopes, your dreams, all that good stuff. Um, appreciate you, Amir, on the ones and twos. And uh, yeah, y'all, thank you for tuning in to another session of that verbal cardio. <laughs>